So friends, uh, we are shifting our focus for the next three weeks with a, a, a small little sermon series called All In. Uh, it comes from this passage of scripture that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. That we are the type of people that because we believe in the goodness of God, that whenever God calls us to be on mission in the world, instead of just putting one foot in or one hand in or our heart in but our hands out, that we believe that we can be all in for whatever it is that God is calling us into. And specifically, we believe that when God calls us to be all in, however it is that God wants us to be a co-laborer with God, that the ways in which we dream, the ways in which we uh, vision, the ways in which, as our uh, sister uh, Donna Coltrane Battle would say, the ways in which we envision, it is directly connected to the ways in which we are generous. And so our resources, literally when we give of our monetary resources, it speaks to what we believe we might be able to do um, beyond these four walls. Not that we think that it's our almighty dollar, but that almighty God touches the resources that we have, that the, the resources that we have have a mightier impact than if we held onto those resources for ourselves. And so for the next three weeks, we are going to talk about what we're all in for and how our, our, our spirit of generosity might be the means by which, by God's grace, for us to actually see these things made manifest in our church community and also in our um, Southeast Raleigh community. This Sunday, I want to read a passage of scripture because we are getting prepared for an all-in family meal on Saturday where we're going to literally recount the ways in which God has been at work here at our Southeast Raleigh table as we stand at the precipice of looking at 2020 and how we believe that God might want to be at work in our lives in the new year. It is important, not only in the Christian tradition, but also in the biblical uh, tradition, to look back and to see what God has done so that we have the courage and the strength and the faith to then look forward and to believe that the God who was with us when some of us were still at Bulla Youth Building, some of you worshiped there, when God was with us when we were packing um, up uh, a trailer every single Sunday at All Saints, and some of y'all had to be sweaty when you were worshiping, when, when God was with us when we didn't um, always have a full band, but someone was playing the recorder and a tambourine, when we remember how God was with us in those days, then it gives us the ability to say, and we know that God is going to be with us in the days to come. So this morning, I'm going to read for us um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, the first um, through the 12th verses. However, I'm going to invite you, if you have some time, some margin this week, to actually read the whole passage because it, um, it's got some very powerful language about the ways in which God shows up um, in, our, in our lives. Um, and as I read this passage, I'm going to also break down a couple of things so that we might understand together um, how this uh, passage might be interpreted. So hear now these words in the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy, beginning with the first verse. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy, so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life and keep all God's decrees and God's commandments that I am commanding you so that your days may be long. And this whole idea of fearing the Lord really literally means like to revere the Lord, that you, that you would actually trust or submit yourself um, to God. It's not like a fear, like, oh my gosh, I'm so afraid of what God is going to do. Hear therefore, or Israel, and observe them diligently, 
so that it may go well with you and so that you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised. And then in verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorsteps of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God has brought you into the land that he swore to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you a land with fine, large cities that you did not build, houses filled with all sorts of goods that you did not fill, hewn cisterns that you did not hew, vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. And when you have eaten your fill, take care that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. And will you pray with me? God, you who are a mover of mountains, you are also a God who can move us. A God who can change us, a God who can transform us. And you do so by the power of your word and your Holy Spirit. So would you move us, O God, not with my words, but with your word, your still small voice alone. Speak to us, God, the word that we need to hear this day. The word that might land gently upon our hearts, that we might live out those words beautifully in our lives. That as we trust and believe that you were a God who was good for us yesterday, that you will be a God who is good to us today, that we will be a, believe that you are a God who will be good to us tomorrow and in the days to come. So speak to us in this moment, that word, so that we might believe. We ask this, O oh God, in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, amen. So, you know, we live in a world um, that believes in affirmations. Like, there are lots of folks I know in this place who uh, have affirmation cards. We live in a world that believes in mantras. What are the things that you're going to say to yourself in the mirror before you walk out of the door? We are people who believe in offering up sometimes to other people pep talks or to ourselves pep talks. Because the simple understanding is that the words that we say to ourselves also become um, the things that we begin to believe of ourselves that the things that are said to us might actually determine the ways in which we show up in the world. So, you know, you see those children um, on, uh, online who have power poses or who have affirmations as they're walking to the bus stop every single day because when they begin to, like, say those words, they begin to believe that those words will be made manifest in their lives. That simple idea that what we say and how we say it actually affects the way that we show up. Um, one of the, the practices that I make couples do whenever they come for premarital counseling is to keep a list of gratitudes about each other and then in their presence as they're sitting in my office they have to speak those gratitudes to one another. I have never seen a beloved ever say, man, you're so nice. People always feel good when beautiful words are offered up over them. I have a dear friend in ministry, probably one of the quietest human beings who has ever walked this earth, but one of the most thoughtful pastors and preachers I have ever heard preach, who listens to Eminem's lose control every single time before he preaches to hype himself up. <laughs> there is something about the words 
that are spoken over us or that we speak to ourselves that we know somehow help us to show up in a particular way. And this is what is also true in the Christian and also biblical tradition, that not only is it about the words that are spoken to us or that we speak to ourselves or speak to others, but also to the way in which we speak about God and the words that we speak to God, the, the names that we call God, say something about what we also believe, how God will show up and what God will do in this world. If we believe it for ourselves, we also believe it about the one who is divine and who breathed into us the breath of life and who's the creator of all things. There is something about the words that we speak to ourselves and there's something about the words that we speak to God. And here in the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy, God's people, the Israelites, are at a very critical moment in their lives. It's really interesting. It seems kind of mundane. Here, oh Lord, you know, these uh, particular statutes and these ordinances that God is telling me to, to, to tell to you. So Moses is telling, talking to the people um, of God. And, and it just seems like such a, like a simple kind of time, but actually it is one of the weightiest moments in their lives because they are right outside of the lip of the promised land. And you may know this about the story of the Israelites, is that they had been journeying through the wilderness for 40 years. And before they were journeying through the wilderness for that very long 40-year uh, journey, they had been slaves in Egypt for um, a couple hundred years. And now, finally, they're at the threshold of the promised land that God has spoken to them over and over and over again, reminding them that I am a God who is good, who is going to take you out of the house of slavery, and I'm going to bring you to a land flowing with milk and honey. And they're right there. They're right there. And it is interesting the things that God wants the people of God to know and that, that Moses is to speak to the people. He tells them, this is the thing. You need to keep the ordinances of, of God. All the things that God has told you to, to do, the ways in which God wants you to be obedient. R remember God by, by your conduct. Revere God so that your children and your children's children, their lives might be long. That, that when you follow after God, God will always lead you into places that are good. So trust in this God who has now brought you out of the house of slavery and who has now brought you to the lip of the promised land. So Moses charges the people to remember again that God has been so faithful to them by bringing them to this place. And then Moses offers up these words in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Then Moses goes on to say this. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, this is so interesting that Moses then just begins to speak the name of God. This is, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And you need to love this God wholeheartedly with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. 
that when you rise up and when you go to bed, I want you to remember these words. When you're talking to your children, I want you to tell them these words. In fact, I want you to put them on your forehead and on your heart and even affix them to your home. I want you to remember that the Lord your God is one. And then I want you to trust this God. Now, these words, um, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, it's, it's actually considered um, uh, one of the most uh, beautiful prayers in the Jewish tradition. It's called the Shema. And our Jewish brothers and sisters are supposed to speak these words twice a day. In the morning when they wake up, and they're supposed to be the last words that they speak at the end of the day. So before you put your head on the pillow, that you would speak these words. That hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Now, the beauty of Moses telling the Israelites, listen, at this juncture of us about to go into the promised land, I want you to speak the name of God. Because the thing is, the Israelites know this and they know it intimately. Whenever they speak the name of God, they also declare the works of God. I, I want to say that again. Whenever the Israelites are, are speaking the name of God, they also begin to declare the works of God. Like we know that this Lord, our God, is the Lord alone. It was not little G gods that got us out of uh, Egypt. It's not little G gods that took care of us in the wilderness. It's not little G gods that somehow kept us in the, in the midst of a desperate place. It is this, this God who chose to journey with us through the wilderness, whose, whose name we will speak when we wake up and also when we go to bed. Because to speak the name of God is to remember how God has shown up in their lives. Moses goes on to, to say this. Say the name of God so that when the Lord your God has brought you into the land that he swore to your ancestors, that you might remember the cities that you didn't have to build and the olive groves that you didn't have to plant. That you might remember the, the, the cisterns that you did not have to hew, the, the wells that you did not have to dig. It's this God whose name you speak is the one who is able to do it. And then Moses goes on to say this, take care that you do not forget the Lord. Take care that you do not forget the Lord. So when you say God's name, might it cause you to remember what God did. When you say God's name, might it cause you to remember how God showed up? When you say God's name, might it remind you of how God was powerful and good and almighty and loving and merciful? Now this um, moment of the Israelites standing at the precipice about to go into the promised land, this is not a one and done kind of moment where they stop for just a little bit and they say God's name and then begin to recount how God has shown up. Over and over and over and over again, if you read um, the Old Testament, there are these moments when the Israelites literally do a God blessing roll call. And it's always at a juncture when they're about to go from one place to another place. They will stop, assemble the people, and then they'll do a God blessing roll call to remember the mighty acts of God. Now, um, when they do this mighty blessing roll call, they typically look back. 
They look back over um, their, their lives. And it's not so that they can get stuck, like, remember when we were slaves in Egypt? God, it was so bad. It was just so, so bad. Yeah, Miranda, you remember? And going on and on and on. No, 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 no. It is always to go back and then to also then proclaim how God moved you forward. Remember when we were slaves in Egypt, but God preserved us and passed over. Remember when we were slaves in Egypt and it was God who brought Moses to bring us out. Remember how one time we uh, had the plagues that uh, basically killed off Pharaoh's people, but we were preserved. Re remember how we uh, were brought through the Red Sea and, and God kept us. Remember how Pharaoh's army was drowned in the Red Sea and so we were able to escape. Re remember how it was that we were in the wilderness and when we were hungry and we were crying out to God, God showered down manna. Remember when we were tired of manna? and then God gave us protein by providing quail. Remember how it was when we were in the wilderness for 40 years that our clothes did not wear out and it says even in scripture that the soles of their shoes did not get torn. Remember how it is that now you have brought us to the land flowing with milk and honey. We're going to stop and we're going to recount how God got us here. Because when you recount how God got you here, guess what? You then have trust in that name that you speak of God for God to get you there. When we recount, we don't go back to get stuck. We go back to say, and see how God, 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 and now we believe that when we go into this land that's flowing with milk and honey, these fine large cities that we did not build, these wells that we did not dig, these olive plants that we did not plant, it was the Lord our God who we will not forget is the one who got us here. It's our turn, Southeast Raleigh Table, to do the God blessing roll call. It's our turn. It's also a part of Christian and biblical tradition that God's people, not just the Israelites far gone, but that we also, when we are at a precipice, when we are at a place that we say, we need to also recount so that we do not forget how the Lord was with us then and how God will take us there. This is gonna be so practical, but literally on Saturday, we are going to gather in a room and we are going to rehearse God's goodness from the very time that we ever started as a worshiping community. Actually, the very space we're going to be in next Saturday is where we ever had our first worship service. When there were 62 people in the room and we were like, woo, we are doing something now. And you know what we're going to do, friends? We're going to recount. We're going to rehearse. Remember what it was like that Sunday we came and we spoke the names of our brothers and our sisters and our friends who were weeping after the shooting at Parkland. Remember what it was like that Sunday that we actually leaned in in a new way to sing the Black National Anthem. Remember that Sunday that we came and we remembered the names of all of our friends who, who were shot, whose lives were lost at Pulse Nightclub. Remember that time that we literally felt something shifting on All Saints Sunday? All Saints Sunday, you mean it was lit? Yes, All Saints Sunday. You remember when we remembered the saints and somehow we leaned in believing about this thing 
this resurrection power. Oh, do, do, you, do you remember how it is that we showed up at Bug Elementary School, even though we had only been a partner for about a couple of months? And, and remember how it was that, that, that Tanya Turner could actually trust us to say, can you also come and be a partner with our Southeast Raleigh Elementary School? Remember how it is when we took REI, and then another person took REI, and then another person took REI, and another person took REI, and their lives began to be shaped in such a way that they wanted to be people of equity. We are going to recount every single moment that God has been at work in our lives. Because when we remember how God has gotten us here, in 2020 we can begin to trust how God will get us there. Take care that you do not forget the Lord. I pray that if um, you have margin in your life to be with us next Saturday, that you will come and you will add your voice to this blessing roll call. And maybe, just maybe, if you show up on Saturday and as we recount how God has been at work in our lives collectively, it might begin to stir up something within you that you start to realize, okay, this is how God has been at work in my life personally. This is how God showed up with mercy when I didn't deserve it. This is how God showed up in a tangible way with the person who's sitting beside me this morning. This is how God offered me just enough strength to make it through another week when I didn't think that I could make it. This is the way in which God has spoken a word over me to remind me that I am not the world's no, but that I am the, I am the God's yes. Just maybe as we see God at work in the world and we recount God's goodness, we might also be able to see how God is at work in us and we can also recount God's goodness. May it be so. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you and we praise you that you are a God who will not fail us. We thank you and we praise you that you are a God whose legs do not get tired. We thank you and we praise you that you are a God who is timeless, that you operate in time and out of time, past, present, and you're already at work in that which we cannot see. God, in the next three weeks, as we choose to be a people who are all in, trusting that because you are such a good God that we can, we can love you with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our minds, with all our strength. That God, we will not just say it with our lips that this is how we are going to be, but that we will live it with our lives that we're all in, with you and also for you. So God, would you um, show up for us in a way this day that we would not forget you, 
that maybe it's the gentle nudge in this moment. Maybe it's the whisper you're going to speak to us in this moment. Maybe it's the word, the word of faith that will grab us in this moment. That we would say, here, my life, you, O oh Lord, my God alone, I will trust you with my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. And because you are so good, we, I, will not forget you. For if you've been with me before, God, I might trust that you will go with me ahead. God, help us to believe as we stand at all the many junctures in our lives that you are God who is unforgettable. This we pray in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, amen.